Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 68, Practicing Non-Contention The brave soldier is not violent. The good fighter does not lose his temper. The great conqueror does not fight on small issues. The good users of people place themselves below others. This is the virtue of not contending, is called the capacity to use people, is reaching to the height of being, mated to heaven, to what was of old. That's verse 68 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang. Next, let's break it down. This verse seems to have only one part to it, and that is the discussion of non-contention. So what do we mean here? To me, this means not competing with others, not competing with myself, not competing for anything, really. And the idea, I think, behind contention or behind competing for things is that it hints to me that if I'm trying to compete for something, that means I'm not content with something somewhere else in my life. And as we all know, the Tao always provides. So... What's the deal? Why am I not satisfied with some things? I think once I look deeper into myself, usually I find that it's because I don't feel secure about something. And part of the trick for me is to get quiet and to recognize what that is. That doesn't come without work and that doesn't come without trying to see the signs. And so 
for the rest of this episode, we're going to talk about some of those signs that I observed in myself. So, to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 68 has one part, which is non-contention. And so, we'll put that back together. I will read verse 68 again. The brave soldier is not violent. The good fighter does not lose his temper. The great conqueror does not fight on small issues. The good users of people place themselves below others. This is the virtue of not contending. It is called the capacity to use people. It is reaching to the height of being, mated to heaven, to what was of old. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering practicing non-contention. There are two things. Number one is I thought about making like a tree and being beautiful. And number two is practicing non-contention. Making like a tree and being beautiful. It would seem that this verse is all about the military. We're talking about warriors, fighters, conquerors, and commanders. But does this only need to apply to things martial? I don't think so. I think we can take the intent of what Lao Tzu presents here and apply it to civilian life too. I mean, the military structure lends itself really well to what this verse is getting at. It's been my experience that civilian life is much more expansive than military life in terms of organizations, social structures, cultures, etc. But each point of view can be benefited by the other, in my opinion. So, let's borrow and apply. A warrior is not violent. A good fighter doesn't lose her temper. A conqueror doesn't pick fights. A good commander is humble. The good commander places herself below others. I experienced all these observations during my time in the military. Violent warriors were the ones who took violence back into their home lives. Bad fighters were people who had itchy trigger fingers and usually put the unit in danger. The overall attitude of the military I experienced was one of economy and never overkill. And the bad commanders were the ones who looked out mostly for themselves. So, in civilian life, who's the warrior? Well, it is each of us as the primary actor in our own lives, I think. And who are the fighters? Well, we are. But instead, we are livers. Okay, not the organ, the people doing the living. (laughs) And who are the conquerors? The conqueror is the person who is making an impact across the domain. So we are conquerors all, leaders of our lives and the ones around us. And the commander, the user of others? Yes, it is also us. As people, you and I are all four of those roles simultaneously. I feel like during our self-cultivation efforts, we're always working toward being non-violent in our deeds, words, and even thoughts. I feel like we're all working toward refining our internal reactions to other people, 
We're working on tolerance and understanding others rather than practicing pettiness. And we're using others according to their strengths and allowing others to use us according to ours. I looked at a tree today. It makes use of the earth, water, and sunlight. And it is beautiful. All those little leaves on all those little branches, all reaching toward the same general direction. And the main branches and trunk, they all have their own little twists here, little curves there. The tree is perfect, just the way it is. (laughs) Could you imagine if the tree was selfish? Like if it was all, yo, I'm the best tree on this block and you other trees aren't as good as me. See, I can make use of the sun way better than you can. My leaves are doper than yours. <laughs> I'd be an ugly tree then, wouldn't it? I mean, who would even want to be around it? Even if it couldn't talk, it would probably give off this me first energy that I think would probably feel icky. So our beginning tree, the beautiful one, hasn't it used the elements at its disposal in a non-contentious, non-assuming way? And isn't it obviously living in harmony with the other trees? The tree is so humble, it doesn't even have an ego. And yet, there it is. Perfect. The tree is not violent. The tree doesn't lose its temper. It doesn't pick fights. As the Tao provides for it, it provides for other life. So, I get it. We're not trees. We have this little extra bit of awareness. But how does that need to change things? I would think that because we've got that little extra bit of awareness, we're challenged even more to practice humility. So if the tree is perfect and beautiful because it makes non-assuming, non-demanding use of everything around it, imagine how beautiful we could be if we did the same. Imagine how beautiful we already are when we do practice the same. Practicing non-contention. If you don't compete, you aren't competed with. We've heard that before. We've also considered how it sounds trite and, you know, could be a little irritating for some folks like, I don't know, folks that talk on podcast episodes about the Tao Te Ching. (laughs) I mean, I like that maxim. It's cool. Personally, though, I need to unpack it a bit in order to get solid with the concept. So let's look at it a little closer. Non-contention. Yeah, I get that if I'm not in the game, I don't have to play. Or that I don't have to go to every drama show that I'm invited to. If I don't try to get others in the world to show me I'm okay, I don't have to make myself feel icky because I don't have to own other people's feelings. But there's something I feel like I'm missing. Like, isn't the point of the game to get in there and play? It is, in my opinion, part of the reason why I'm here on Earth. To play and get messy and become a better player. So I don't know. Not playing in the game to avoid agitation doesn't seem like it nails this statement for me. So what else could it mean? I wonder. Could it mean, yes, go play in the game, but remember that the moment you become the only player you care about, you start a chain of events that leads to your own isolation with all the other players? Yes, you can use the other team to help you enhance your skills. 
You can use your own team to help you accomplish things you just can't do alone. But the moment it becomes about you and not everyone else, you start getting known as a ball hog and as maybe a good player, but one that's only looking out for themselves. Perhaps you're tolerated for your abilities, but anytime you're around, the open connection with others is a bit strained. So maybe this is what Lao Tzu means when he talks about non-contention. Maybe if I take a look at my home life, work life, and social life, I can see where I've been that player that only cares about sharpening his own skills with the aid of others and then thinks that he is great and accomplished, forgetting that it was only with the help of others that he got to where he's at today. Oh, man. Now that stings a little, which is good because that's right where I want to be right now. introspection (laughs) at home with my loved ones I show up and demand that they listen to my stories I need people to listen I need to vent I need to tell them about the important job I'm doing at work or I show up and I need to tell them how they can improve their lives if only they would adjust this behavior here that would make me feel better so I could love them more (laughs) alternatively I could show up and give thanks for the people who are on my team and give thanks that they are willing to help me improve my attitudes, outlook, and connection with the Tao. I could also be open to looking for ways to serve them in a way that helps them get better too. Not in a prescriptive way, of course, but by allowing the Tao to work through me in an offer to help at the right time, right place kind of way. So at work, how do I carry myself as a player. I need the rest of the team to define my work. The rest of the team can be my coworkers, my boss, my customers, my peers, all those folks. How can I show up and give thanks that those people are in my lives? How can I give back to them by helping them be better? But wait, what about looking out for myself? What about competing with others so that I stand out? Don't all the business books tell me that? That the only way to make money is to be different than the competition? Well, yeah, that's what they say. Are they wrong? Well, maybe not necessarily. I think the message is intact. But where I personally go wrong is when I start taking those things to mean that I must look out for me at the expense of others. I think I can still get good things out of those messages if I consider my teammates in the process. I can apply a little woo-way as I understand it here. Look out for myself, but without selfish desire. Kind of like just taking care of me without attachment to the outcome. And with friends. Am I there to be the most popular person? Am I there to carve out an identity so I'm known as the funny one, the smart one, the wise one? Should I care at all about that or... Can I care about helping others by being there and participating? How can I be vulnerable with them so I can get the help I don't even know I need? And how can I, without trying too hard, give back and allow the Tao to arrange events and conversations in precisely the way that is needed in the moment in order to raise up others around me? So, non-contention. I mean, I can certainly decide I'm going to sit things out and just watch the game. As a human... I get that choice. I also get the result from that choice, which is to stay seated 
maybe not improving, maybe not getting worse, but clearly (laughs) not moving forward. Or I can get in the game and grow. I can find wonder and love. I can help others and in so doing help myself. And participating willingly with all its risks, I am no longer competing. I am there functioning as a part of the whole, using it to grow and allowing others to use me to grow so that we all get a chance to feel how vastly rich the rest of life can be. All without trying to be better than each other. All without trying to gain status, identity, or even without trying to gain selfish feelings of emotional security. There's no need to compete for any of those things, is there? There's no need because those things are irrelevant when set beside the immense opportunity we have to grow with a doubt if only we become willing to allow it, through events of nature and through others, to help. (laughs) And how do we get that? with non-contention so to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering practicing non-contention I thought about two things first thing I thought about was making like a tree and being beautiful and the second thing I thought about was practicing non-contention For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of practicing non-contention in this verse today. I feel like there are many ways we can practice non-contention. All we have to do is pause and observe the many aspects of our lives. I could look at my worldly life, cars, roads, buildings, stores, things I buy, things I sell, shows I watch, books I read, music I listen to, and the people that seem like a part of that backdrop. I can look at my home life and see my family, my dwelling, my pets if I have any. I can look at my work life and see the people around me and what they wear, what they do, how they seem, their level of competency and trustworthiness. I can look at my social life and see the folks around me, the roles they play with my group, what they mean to me, how I feel when I'm around them. And finally, I can look at my inner life my thoughts and feelings about what I experience around me or the stillness within me, the compassion, the contentment, the humility. Now for each of these aspects, I feel like we can settle in and ask ourselves a couple of questions in whatever aspect I would like to look at. I can ask myself four things. The first thing is, what do I secretly wish was better about it? So, as an example, let's use stuff in my worldly life. In my worldly life, I secretly wish I had an awesome car. Now, the second question is, now just sitting with this, I can ask, what does this have anything to do with my social status? Do I think that if this thing was better, it would mean that I would be satisfied? Now, the third question. Why? This one is where I need to be super honest with me and consider how much of this thing I wish was better has to do with my social status or who I think I'll be as an individual. If I had a dope ride, for example, I could roll around looking awesome and I'd have this feeling of got my stuff togetherness. 
Sure, a nice machine is a nice machine, and great speakers, that awesome new car smell, the sleekness with which I slide in and out of the cockpit, those are all things that are pleasurable and for sure are a joy to experience. Apart from that, though, are they the things that are worth the money or effort that I would spend getting into that experience? Or is there more to it than that? Without money, don't I also get bragging rights? A quiet sense of satisfaction that I can afford such a cool thing? Maybe, just maybe, that my economic situation is superior to others? (laughs) So that's question number three. And the fourth question I can ask is, if I had this thing that I secretly wished was better, how would I use it to compete with others for emotional security or social status? If I had a great car, I could allow myself to feel a little superior to the other cars on the road. If I had a spouse that listened to me every time I said something, I would have important things to say. If I had a boss that told everyone how much she depends on me, I would be the best worker ever. If I was the cool kid in my group of friends, I could walk around and be myself without having to doubt me. And if I was spiritually achieved, well, I could just plug into the Tao at will and make cool stuff happen. (laughs) At each level, I find that there is plenty that I'm competing for. There is plenty that I automatically just wish was different. Insanely enough, sometimes I wish I had more time to work on the projects I want to work on and feel irritated that my schedule, you know, the one that I made, won't allow me to have the time blocked out in a way that lets me concentrate on just me. Talk about crazy. (laughs) I guess the good news is that there isn't a shortage of ways that we can practice non-contention. For me, I can start with the big things and ask why I secretly wish something was different. I can identify what I'm trying to get out of that secret wish. And I usually find that it's because I want to feel more secure about anything in relation to other people. There must be people there to acknowledge I have a sick ride. There must be people there to listen to me. There must be people there to say I'm the best worker or the coolest friend. And there must be an unrealistic standard against which I am measuring myself in spiritual matters or personal achievements. When I identify this aspect of competition within myself, I can consider how allowing the Tao to control that aspect would look. If I took my competitive attitude and set it aside for a moment, I could observe how, according to the Tao, it could be irrelevant, or how I could focus on another, more positive aspect. I could practice non-contention and see how, when choosing this way forward, things turn out better than I could have imagined or planned. So I guess the main takeaway from this verse for me is that I can be like our tree or I can be a ball hog. (laughs) If I'm like the tree, I'm able to gracefully use that which is around me for mine and everyone else's benefit and quite easily. If I'm the ball hog, I get temporary satisfaction from thinking that an external thing to me is bent to my will and I therefore must logically be okay. This verse says that Non-contention is the way to go. So, being like the tree is the idea. And why? Well, 
Because in the previous verse, we talked about those three treasures, compassion, contentment, and humility. If I practice non-contention, I get contentment and move on to the next treasure, humility. So that will wrap it up today. Thank you for considering practicing non-contention with me today. I wish you compassion, contentment, and humility. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 68 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang. The brave soldier is not violent. The good fighter does not lose his temper. The great conqueror does not fight on small issues. The good users of people place themselves below others. This is the virtue of not contending, is called the capacity to use people, is reaching to the height of being, mated to heaven to what was of old. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.